Welcome to Your Best Bets. Waste Management Phoenix Open this week. First full field elevated events coming up. We're going to get into that tonight. Uh, we're going to review the AT&T Pebble Beach program, won by hashtag Team Rose this week. Um, and uh, see what else comes about in discussion tonight. Joining me, of course, is uh, someone that is not a flat earther like our friend Kyrie Irving, Johnny Strauser. Johnny, how are we? Uh, I'm not that you know of. You are correct on that, but uh, I'm I'm good tonight. Um, had today off, so got to watch the finish at at Pebble because we had that Monday finish with the weather and everything that came in over the weekend. But uh, which was nice. But you know the the way it kind of finished wasn't overly exciting. So it was just you know it was just gorgeous weather, good views, and and some good golf. Very strong finish by Justin Rose today. Very very impressive. Um, I, I, I may or may have not followed that while I was busy working. Um, I did have some financial investment uh, in Just Roses, as we talked about last week. I liked him. I was surprised how he really took command of the tournament. And his 11th PGA Tour win, 11 uh, DP World Tour events that he's won as well. He's won, uh, of course, the 2013 U.S. Open. At the uh, 2016 gold medal, uh, if Zach Fitzgerald's listening, he, he's mentioned that in Xander's arsenal, right? Um, 2019 FedEx Cup, 2018 FedEx Cup. 18. Uh, number one in the world in 2019. He's carved out one hell of a career, and uh, I think it's a potential Hall of Fame career. Yes. Um I, you know, I never even thought about Hall of Fame wise, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he's won that major championship and and played well in a lot of events. And his his story, especially the last several years, has been interesting. Um, I think he's forty two now. He's about my age. Um, I can remember when he first started. He kind of broke out of the scene at the Open Championship. Um, end up making the cut, playing really, really well. Holes out for Eagle on the 72nd hole. Um, you know, made a big deal and then missed like the next, they turned pro right after that, missed like the next uh 21 cuts in a row or something like that that he played in. So just, just the absolute worst start you could have as a professional golfer, not pulling in a check for a good, you know, year and a half or something like that. But, uh, you know, uh, very mechanical golfer really talented and um you know gets a lot out of that and and developed a real consistent trustworthy golf swing and became quite the player for for a number of years there and won like you said 10 10 times um up through 2019 uh when he won at fedex cup in 2018 and then the bottom fell out and i think it had a lot to do with he was kind of tinkering around with his uh with his equipment and you know, I'm sure the swing was was not was not right there, but he was one that uh, switched to uh, switched out of TaylorMade and went with a new set of irons, and that only lasted just a few months. I think he realized that they were more in the vanity side of of uh, of golf clubs rather than the you know than the actual like R and D and 
and you know actually making golf clubs reach you know the, their, their technical uh, um you know efficiencies and everything but you know i this guy's a guy you know he perfect age perfect time in his career to go sign with live and i'm sure he had uh greg norman you know knocking down his door as a as a big big name player looking at what all the other euros had uh um you know the, the especially the english players had gone over and, and and played in that and signed with live but he didn't which i was i mean i don't know about you i was personally shocked by it didn't do it has worked his way gotten better and better and better and um ended up uh playing playing really really well you know another funny thing he did switch equipment that he was going to end up trying this spring uh tried it on tuesday liked it put it in the bag on wednesday and ends up hitting his irons amazing and and got that putter back and you know we had talked about him um last monday on the show there as a guy we liked because he had you know had great success there at the u.s open at pebble i had a real good shot at winning it so this course kind of fit him and just had it back and he just played really really solid golf for 72 holes um you know it was long five days but he ended up playing well and and uh you know pretty pretty good you know uh whether this is his last win or you know the start of a, a resurgence pretty impressive nonetheless yeah for sure the i i have i have a lot of thoughts uh about justin rose for for some reason i feel strongly that i don't enjoy watching him play golf not really. I, I don't. I don't like the rehearsals. I don't like the. Um, I, I don't like. I just don't like any of it. Period. Um, now, did I like watching it today with a financial stake? Absolutely. Um, but I don't. I don't. I don't get any positive, fun feelings watching him play. With that said, I also respect the hell out of his decision to stay on the PGA Tour um, because I'm sure he could have taken the easy way out and taken his retirement fund and cashed it in. And um, obviously he wants more. Obviously he probably thinks he can win another major and uh, he might. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, uh, the right situation, you could envision it like a, like an open championship or something like that. So I do respect his decision to stay on the PGA tour, work his butt off and, and win again four years after his last win. Um And, and then I was kind of thinking of this today, AJ Green retired today. Uh, great receiver i don't know if he's a hall of famer but he's you know came into the league in, league in 2011 you, you get you get these like nfl players most are in our life for 10 12 years the really good ones the the great ones 15 the absurd ones with weird situations like tom brady 20 justin rose has been in our life for 25 years um it's pretty astonishing i mean yeah you talk about the phils and the tigers um going longer than that, but there's not too many that are, that are running the gamut like Justin Rose has from the time he was 17 on that stage in the 98 open uh, 25 years later, he's still winning. So it's pretty incredible how these careers can really span decades and these guys can still figure out ways to win. Um, so yeah, potential hall of fame player here in Justin Rose um, like you said, it'll be interesting to see if he can push this forward and, and make a resurgence to something, or if this is just a one-off. Um, I kind of think it's, I, I wouldn't say resurgence, but I expect him to play well. He played well, you know, the, the events prior to this one. And uh, I think he'll be on the Ryder Cup team in the fall. I, I really do. I mean, I think the European team can really use his skill, his experience. Um, we've talked about there's like a six, seven, you know, 
uh, a set of six, seven guys that we feel like are really solid for that team. And there's a lot of open spots. I don't think we even talked about Rose the last time we really talked about the Ryder Cup, but I got to think this really pushes into the forefront for at least a captain's pick. Yeah. And I think with, with how good he is playing. So if you're getting good results from, from his golf game, he's not just one of those rah, rah guys who's going to be good in the team room or, or paired up with the young guy and, and going to work him. Uh, work him in the four ball or, or force some competition. I mean, you need results for uh, as good as this American team is. And, you know, that's something that um, I hope for him that he does make the team. Cause you're right. I, I do kind of share that same. I mean, he's not, he doesn't have this overly likable golf game. I mean, he's always seems to be happy go lucky. You know, his, his attitude itself is, is nice and refreshing and he, you know, and, and all that, but that, you know, you push that aside and look at his golf game. It is kind of hard to watch at times. So yeah, he's not an easy guy to root for, but you know what he's done there and, and hopefully he'll make the team and not make Luke Donald have to pick him as a, as a captain's pick, but he's one of the guys that they kind of need um, as a, as a stalwart to, to be able to beat the American team, um, you know, later on the season. And, and, you know, a lot of it was, it, it wasn't really mechanics. I don't think the last couple of years, I mean, it, it, there is some of that that's, that's due in part to poor play, but you know what? Um, it's not trusting your equipment. I think a lot of it ended up being, um, in his head and if he can, he still has the physical game. He can get the, despite being 42 years old, he can still get his driver out there and, and hit it far enough. His irons are far enough. And he's a streaky putter. When he putts well with that, uh, with that putter is um, he's great. That's what he did today. I mean, he, he made a bunch of, um, you know, 15, 20, 25 footers. And when it could have just, he could have just tried to make par or, or made a bunch of two putts coming in, but uh, he really kind of separated himself to get that three shot lead going into 18 there. So, so yeah, whether this is going to be like a long-term type thing, I don't know, but he's, he's had some good events um, in the fall. And I think he's finally trusting his game. He's trusting his equipment and, you know, I, I could see him contending you know, you look at that, it's maybe contending in, in the Open Championship or or even another major at that. I mean, he plays Augusta. Uh, he's played Augusta very well. And, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's, he's he's one of those guys that, as a better, we were going to have to look at him on the on the radar there and look at his number at all the time because he's capable of winning a major championship or, or just a regular PGA Tour event. The, uh, the guys that were around him, uh, the last couple of days, I, I don't really have a lot to talk about with this part. With I, I don't know if I want to talk about Brendan Todd or Peter Malnati or um, Brandon Wu, Keith Mitchell. I don't really have anything I want to go in depth with about them. Did you see the Mitchell um, uh, interview, whatever we're calling it, on four yesterday? I had the volume really, really low, so I didn't or, really get to hear it. It was three, but I, I saw. I think it was three. The the yeah. the, yeah, the part short, three part there. Or part four, yeah, you're right. Um, so I think, yeah, I, I didn't get to to really listen to it, but I, I could catch b- bits and pieces um, in between uh, what I was doing at work there, and I, I, I hope they do that all the time. I mean, it's it's good stuff. I don't know exactly what that content. I'm mostly talking about the Homa conversation and and everything, but I would love to see it if they can do this 
um, as many events as possible. I hope NBC copies it as well for when they do the events there and just to, just to ask a couple questions and, and get their thoughts. Cause that's, I think that's, that's more fascinating. And then the discussions between the caddy and the player, you know, all that type of stuff is that, that Intel that um, I think all of us want, we could listen to the information that they're, they're discussing back and forth and you get an idea right. of what the player's thinking, especially when they're contending for the lead there. The, it, it wasn't as good as the Homa, uh, piece from from uh for but it was good the wind was really up so the sound was a little bit tough at moments but it was good because over the ball that's when his caddy actually pulled him off and you could you could hear that exchange because the wind kicked up he changed clubs and actually hit a, a really good shot in there but Emmelman has been really good with focusing on not making it like a like an interview like like hey how you feeling it's it's more specifically uh, strategy on that whole strategy with you know the tee shot, the second shot, how they're dealing with the winds, you know how they're how they manage that, you know in the game plan beforehand. So I like that that they're not just making it like an on course interview. That it's specific strategy. I think you know golf nerds like us hear the discussion with Caddy and the player. Um, from a coverage standpoint, we talked about how tough this event could be. I thought it was better. Uh, unfortunately, the weather really just kind of kicked it in the ass. Um, I got it behind, but I thought I thought they did better with the coverage. Uh, there was less of the celebrity um, focus, it seemed like, on the coverage. And uh, I, I feel like CBS is kind of lean to, like, okay, we're, we're really fucking good with uh, our drone shots at some of these coastal courses. Uh, let's just let's just keep showing out because some of the some of the camp work on seven, eight, uh, ten was it was pretty uh, that makes the coverage just so much more. Yeah, you've got one of the the most scenic and gorgeous pieces of property in the entire world there. So yeah, them utilizing that as best they can by getting those views and 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 showing off. I mean, what we already know about the golf course, but you know, anytime you get different views, I mean, whether it's it's there, they did that with Riv a couple of years ago when they had the drone coverage. It just gave you the different angles and everything like that. So that was pretty cool. Um, you know, they're they're trying things, which is good, and I and I like with what you know, Emelman stepping in there because. Faldo was very knowledgeable. I mean, you're talking six-time major champion, one of the great players of all time, top 20, 25 of all time. But he was just so corny and so weird and dry. And it didn't really, he wasn't really relatable to the players. And and I think Trevor Immelman uh, is going to be fantastic. He's already pretty fantastic right now. And like you said, is is understand the situations. And I think he could talk to these guys as they're going through during the interviews there. Um, one thing I didn't really, I, I thought, Again, I had the volume way down when I was watching it on Sunday there, but didn't they have some sort of shot? I think it was the fifth hole, the par three at Pebble, where they hit the shot and they had the overhead that was on the right side of the screen above the the leaderboard, and it tried to pr- pinpoint and predict where the shot would fall. Was that was that something like? Did you see that? I did not see that, but that's uh, that's an interesting wrinkle for sure. So, so I think it was Brandon Wu. I think, and he was playing five, which is the par three and he hits this shot. And then they show like a drawing of the fifth hole and it kind of goes a little bit closer to the green. And it puts this yellow dot, like just short of pin high on the right edge of the green. 
And then they they fl- they flash to show the ball land, and that's about where it landed. And it was like, mm-hmm. I don't know if I really want to see that, but that's kind of neat. You know, it was like a few years ago when uh, NBC and the Golf Channel were doing that putt preview that if you hit it inside of the cone of the break, it would go in at at, at the right pace and everything. I don't know if that was good, but it was something different, and I don't mind that kind of stuff. And I, I, I like I, we have we have to give them credit for doing stuff like that for just trying different things and, and making it interesting. But if you get the chance, if you see Twitter or anything like that that shows that, I'm pretty sure that was him, and it predicted where the shot was going to go. And I'm like, I don't know if I feel about that. I don't know if they're going to pull that back out for for waste management here, but it'll be an interesting thing if 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 they continue to. Just try things. Just try different different ways to engage the 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 TV watcher. And and you know we're suckers. You know golf Twitter is suckers for pretty much anything. They'll give it a go. CBS out here predicting the future. Um, impressive. No, I didn't see that. But that's. I mean, again, I I give them props for trying new things. It's been better. It's been it's been really good. The coverage has been. Um, I don't I don't have anything else to take away from Pebble other than our best bets were not the best bets and uh but i i think we should at least get get half credit for for justin rosa 35 to 1 uh or 40 to 1 on some books that's it's kind of cheating but i feel like we've given out homa and rose back-to-back weeks on the podcast not necessarily best bets that should count right yeah it, it should and you know like we've always said when you watch or listen to us um you know Write down names of players that we're we're talking about. You don't necessarily have to bet him to win. Maybe maybe Justin Rose, you like him at a top twenty. That's what I did. I didn't bet him to win. We talked about him. We talked about how much we liked him. He was one of the guys that I bet. I bet him top twenty, and I bet him in a matchup to win. So end up you know end up taking uh, a little bit away from that, and and that's why you know we want to go over all these players is to you know figure out those types of guys. But you know what? After the first few weeks of how poorly our picks and suggestions and overall how we've been, I mean, we've got a, uh, you know, we, we picked Homa and we've got, we, we got some good, good juju there with, uh, with team Rose and, you know, hopefully we're trending up on, you know, making, making, uh, making some better picks. We we're going on to the uh, waste management Phoenix open and, um, you know, we alluded to it earlier. It's the first full field elevated event, so second elevated event of 2023. It gets it gets a little confusing with with some of these, but the you know the field this week is is just ridiculous. 18 of the top 20 in the world. Um, it feels like a major. Looking through the odds today, it's it's priced like a major, and um, it's really interesting how this event has evolved because I remember. 10, 12 years ago on Super Bowl Sunday, I'd be excited to watch it. But it, you know, it was like Ricky Fowler, Phil Mickelson, um, you know, Hunter Mahan. I remember them kind of in the mix one year. And then, but the field was never considered outstanding. And uh, it, it really started to flip two, three, four years ago, where and now it's, and of course, now it's an elevated event. So all these guys are going to be there. But it, it, it became this fun atmosphere to, okay, this course is pretty cool and it's great for entertainment and then all the best players are here and now it's just it's fucking awesome <laughs> it's true no i i can remember i don't remember when phil mickelson who well, actually he won here as an amateur um you know that was that was a long long time ago i don't recall that but i can remember a lot of his other victories here 
um, just watch with my dad and we'd, we'd watch the, the, the Sunday finish. And sometimes if they go to a playoff, uh, we'd actually flip back and forth between the Super Bowl and, and, uh, the Phoenix Open. And it, it's a, it's an okay golf course. Um, it's got, it's a fun golf course, I think, for these guys. And I, I honestly think it's the fans that, that make it, you know, uh, that make it what it is with, with the ridiculous attendance there. But, you know, you're right. It never had the great fields because a lot of the guys would play Tory. They'd play, um, Pebble and then they'd take a break. Um, and then they go back to, uh, you know, get ready for Riv. So this was always like the one that was kind of skipped. Now the guys, what they're doing is, is they're actually skipping Pebble and, um, they're coming over here to waste management. And, you know, it makes a lot of sense because you're going to get generally just ridiculously good weather. You know, you're going to get that nice, uh, uh, windless weather usually. And the golf course is going to be in fantastic shape. You don't have to worry about the rain gear or, you know, bringing all that other, other stuff out there and and yeah i mean I, who wouldn't you know when you see what the uh what the 16th hole has become who wouldn't want that opportunity to to jump in there at least play in the event once maybe you like it maybe you hate it but to have basically hitting inside uh of the equivalent of a of an nba basketball arena full of people there so you know it's a, it's a it's a good event it's turned into a really really great event and i'm glad they've elevated it and shown the importance of it and how big the players uh view it as but yeah like you said of the eligible players in the top 25 i think will zalatoris was the only one that uh is not playing this week so it's it's going to be fun it's going to be fun to talk about it's fun to watch. I personally really like watching it because I, I love Arizona golf. I love the contrast between, you know, the green grass and then the brown desert and, you know, the, the stuff we don't see here in the Midwest. And and you see the nice, sunny, cloudless days. And it's just, it, it you know, the other, the California events are good, but you see the cold and all that, you know, which can get dreary and everything like that. This rarely has that. So it kind of gets a, a feel of, you know, we're in February, we're getting closer and closer and closer. And we get, we just so happen to have a major quality field that's playing in this, uh, in this event. And we talked about before we went uh, live, I, I said that this is, this is the first half of uh, this week. And then the final week at Riviera, you won't see two better fields back to back all year. Um, and I really believe that, or just two better events back to back. I mean, that's including the majors. You just don't you don't see it back to back like this. But you're getting two elevated events right away. Um, great, you know. I we think Riv is is maybe the best course on tour, and this is just fun, entertaining course. Um, so I, I I think this part of the schedule is awesome. Um, you know, we got uh, API coming up with players. Um, Valspar is a good tournament match play. All behind these next two weeks before the Masters, I just think there's a lot of awesome things that are going to happen coming up. Um, uh, you know, according to Strokes Gain data, this this tournament, um, specifically TPC Scottsdale, is the third most predictive uh, in terms of course history um, of any course on tour, only behind Augusta and Wildlife. So, if you've played well in the, here in the past, there's a very good chance you're gonna you're gonna play well here. Um, in the future, it just—it just seems like once guys figure it out, they always play well. Think about John Rahm; he hasn't won here, but I don't think he's ever finished outside the top fifteen um, since he's turned pro. It's pretty incredible. Um, you know, for me, it's—it's—I'm uh, I'm, going to go Johnny Strauser here, and it's—it's it's, uh, strokes gained approach for me this week. Um, 
you know, I think I think driving the ball well helps, but um, I saw Justin Ray stat that he, um, I, I think this course more than most is really predicated on uh, stroke scan approach stats. I'm looking up his tweet right now just so I can get a feel of what he actually put out there. But uh, winners at the Waste Management Phoenix Open have gained 65% of their strokes gain uh, versus a field via ball striking, the highest rate of any regular course played in that span. So guys that uh, win here, they are picking up more strokes versus a field by ball striking. Yeah, if you think about it, you know, some of the guys who've won in the past, I mean, you know, and love the golf course and play well are just, you know, the the best the best ball strikers in the game. So, so yeah, I like that. Um, but yeah, course history is, is a big one. With the crowds, you want, you know, you I think you want the the players who are are comfortable with it, comfortable playing with that 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 kind of commotion that comes with especially on that back nine there. Um, both Saturday and Sunday, um, you know, playing with that type of type of feel there. But yeah, I mean, we the the fairways I think are generally pretty pretty forgiving. The rough's not that bad at all. Um, but it's just it's getting it it's it's hitting good approach shots and giving yourself a lot of a lot of birdie chances. And you know, we'll see who who makes putts and everything like that. But you know, we can uh, uh, we I think we can lean a lot of what has happened in the past and who likes the golf course as, as guys that we're going to pick out this week. And the finish is is really it's it's just it's as entertaining as it gets all year yeah. long. Fifteen the par five, but you know so there's so much made about sixteen. Um, it's it's really not that great of a hole. It's just it's fun because of the atmosphere. It's not it's not like this. You know, it's not like the you know twelfth at Augusta. <laughs> it's not that level of par three. It's just a it's fun because of the atmosphere. But I I'd love love 17 i think that is an amazing short par four and it's perfectly placed toward the end of the tournament we saw it's usually the swing hole in this golf tournament we saw fowler lose a really tough uh tough one i think in 16 or 17 he came back and won later last year with the gala in the water scheffler makes birdie there there's always something i think two years ago kepka chipped in there for eagle kepka yeah I mean, there's always something that happens on that hole, and it's it's just it's you know you can't you can't hit it left. Obviously, it's tough to bail out right. Um, there's water over the green, so it's just a great risk reward hole. I love it. Um, I had another point. Oh, last time I'll mention this, but uh, this was uh, when I was on top of the world last year when I hit Luke List and then Scotty Scheffler back to back uh, at uh, eighty to one and then twenty eight to one. And this is the last time I'll mention that um, since it's a year away. But um, Scotty Scheffler first win on tour here last year, and we'll talk about it when we get to the odds. Um, it started just a ridiculous run of golf. Um, I feel like it's kind of under the radar that he hasn't won since the Masters, though. But yeah, we'll, I, I, we'll, we'll get to that when we hit that. I, I want to I hit him a little bit harder. Um, anything else going into this from a betting standpoint as, as far as what you're looking at um, because it's such a stack field? No, with the stack field, you're not going to get you're not going to get the long shot that's going to win this event. I mean, if you do, then I mean, good luck picking him. What you can do, though, is if guys who you like here who have a pretty high number 
you know, it'd be one of those things where you take a, uh, you know, let's say you're, you bet unit wise, you bet a small percentage of your unit on a win, but you put, spend most of it. If you, you know, if you're comfortable with the top 20 or a top 10, um, but there's a lot of, you know, you look at the major championships, um, they're not usually won by guys who nobody, nobody's ever heard of there. So, I mean, this is that type of, you know, it's not a major championship golf course, but it's a major championship field. So, you know, it's probably going to be won by some guy that's in the top 20 to 25 in the odds, you know, in the odds rankings, uh, for that week. So, so we're not, so when we talk about long shots this week, we're not really, you know, like last week we're like, Hey, you know, throw a couple bucks on a guy that's, you know, hundred to one or something like that. But you know, this, this one here, we're not going to see that. I don't think. I agree with you. I, I mean, I, I really am treating it like a major field. Um, and, and we'll talk about, talk about that as we go through this, but the hard part I've run into with, you know, we, we talk about the importance of course history and how much of a value it, there is on it. I feel like all the good players have a good course history here. I mean, even if they haven't won, they've played well here. Uh, Scotty winning last year, Ron consistently in the top 10 to 15. Xander's got the lowest scoring average here um, since he's been playing. Uh, JT's had a couple top threes. Um Finau had a runner-up the year where Webb won, where, where Finau should have won. I mean, there's just a lot of uh, guys that have played well here. That makes it incredibly tough to separate them. It's, yeah, it, it is. So the top of the board is, is as this is a broken record, Rom and Rory, um, I've seen it flip a little bit. Rom at 8.5 to 1, Rhea plus 900. Those are the top two. Um, this is on DraftKings, and and we 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 saw earlier there's some some differences between DraftKings and FanDuel. I haven't looked at the other books yet, but Xander Scotty at 14, Finau at 18. Uh, that's the number that's just climbed from today. He was 25 on DraftKings earlier today, so uh, obviously some money came in on Tony Canley, JT, and Morikawa at 20, Homa Sanjay at 22. Matsuyama, Tom Kim, Victor, Kim Young at 30. Uh, it's weird because I saw, again, a lot of those guys were priced above 30. They're at the bottom end of that. So, again, treating this like, like a major field, um, to me it's always the question of do I, if, if I had $100 to spend, would I rather spend 100 on Rory or Rob or divide that up three ways and go Cantlay, Thomas, Morikawa? To me, I'm always going to defer to taking three guys that are really, really good players with win equity over one. And I think you're in the same boat. I would be. And before we start talking about the odds, uh, just looking at these numbers here, uh, these books are all over the place with these odds here. So go to shop around, go to oddschecker.com, you know, just something to see between, you know, all the books that you get that, that you guys use. Um, because, I got a couple of these, but I didn't get them at these numbers. I got them at better numbers. I've seen them at better numbers, but they could have moved in the six or seven hours there. I, I can't believe some of the movement on on these, though, like especially with Fina there. With that being said, though, if would I go would I go two guys or would I go three or four guys up here? Um, it's three or four. Um, you know, John Rom, he, he's won twice. 
could have easily won, you know, three times in a row. The, you know, the guy seems like he's going to win every single event there. And, and this is like the one that like, you're like, how hasn't he won this event yet? And never seems to, you know, never seems to play poorly there. So I, I just, that is such a short number with this many good guys. I mean, yes, he could, he could very well win. He's got just the same amount of chances as, as anybody else in that board and probably better, but at only, at only eight plus eight fifty, that's that. This just seems so low there. And and Rory, Rory played and won in Dubai just a couple weeks ago. Didn't even play overly great, but he's got that confidence and he's been playing well since the fall. And you know, it's going to be one of those things that it's like, well, I mean, yeah, I could see that too. But I don't. I just think you. I think you could only win generally a certain amount of times within a stretch and and to continue what like john rom winning three of four the probability of that would put me more you know whatever percentage chance of, of that is to win i would i would rate it not as good so i'd say it with the value isn't quite there um i'm looking at a guy uh we always talked about once once a guy hits a certain number um Justin Thomas at over at 20 to one. Um, that's, that's uh, kind of blows my mind of the guys. Who's never won here. I think he's him and John Rahm have had the best overall record is what I was, what I was kind of looking at earlier today. And I don't know. It just, he, he played, he can play hard golf courses real well. You know, this is, this is, this is an event that he, he should win. I mean, this is one that, with the crowds, with with uh, the way the golf course is set up, his ball striking. I mean, this is one that that he should win. I don't know if I'm going to make it my best bet, but I've already bet him. He's on my he's on my card there. And the other guy I like is is Morikawa. I mean, he should have won the first event. Played really good at Tory. The ball striking's there. It's just it's just can he get three or four above average putting days and he's going to win this event. And of those, I mean, I don't dislike really many of those guys up there. Those are the guys I'm going to target though at that number. And if you're going to give me that hundred dollars to spend, I'm going to probably go of the ones you mentioned, I'm going to go uh, JT Colin and, and Hideki and, and Hideki just, I mean, this is, he, he plays so well here and he's won a couple times at this event this kind of fits him as well. So those are those are kind of my my main targets if you're giving me three to to choose from. Yeah. Gosh, you know, I don't want to sound like a like a, a broken record, but I I mean, I we I, I bet the same guys today. <laughs> um and of course we talked about it, but it's uh it's it's so hard to see a 20 next to Justin Thomas's name and not just automatically say, I, I'm going to, I'm going to ride or die with that because of the win equity he brings. And we've, we talked about how, how that has slowed down the last two years for sure, which, which makes me almost feel like this, this he's due for um, a little run here. Um, he hasn't been great since the uh, uh, season started. Um, he's had about a 25th at farmers, a 25th at century, Go back to the fall 40th at CJ Cup. That's his only three starts. So there's nothing to write home about. And that's probably why his number has dropped. But that's a, that's to me, that's the perfect time to strike. Um, and Morikawa with just how damn good he has looked. He hasn't won since uh, November 21, which was actually 
DP World Tour um, finale then. So he, he hasn't won in a while on the PGA Tour, but he's kind of proven to be a, a big game hunter when he does win six tour wins. But pretty much, I think five of those are really, really solid fields or great fields. Um, I just don't I, – I, I can live with betting those two guys from the top and if, if it doesn't work out, I'm okay with that. I, I'm just going to tip my cap to Ron Rory if they win at whatever number they're going to be at in, the, in the, if the coming events. You know, if they're six to one, eight to one, and it's just going to be impossible for most people to bet them unless you're you're putting down truly a hundred dollars. So, yeah. Well, I mean, let me let me just say. Yeah, let me just say that, like like you said that about the, the number. The only way I would consider betting those two, either one of those two guys is I would parlay it with whoever I thought would would uh, cover in the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl mm. um, to get that good number. I mean, but then you're taking the chance of that team not winning, obviously with a parlay, but just to be able to get something like at, at 15 to 1 or something like that, um, that, that, that's the only way I would probably approach it with as strong as this field is good point you could parlay it with my my best bet from my prop show last night um please catch that if you can with uh, isaiah pacheco over 14 and a half receiving yards <laughs> that, that, would, low. that would that would take uh would take john Rob to 16 and a half to one so yeah you could take that risk and uh uh just hope like hell you don't get burned but uh I'm all for a little risk taking, um, but yeah, I can't, I can't disagree with either one of your picks. Um, and um, you know, I was a little shocked today when I opened DraftKings. Max Homo was at sixteen to one. I don't think there's anybody that came on him because he's he's fallen to twenty two. It's still jarring to see that, and it's funny, you know. I J- JT was, you know seeing him below max and i'm like i just i still can't envision a scenario 100 times out of 100 <laughs> if they're at the same number i'm still betting justin thomas um i don't i just can't i i don't know you know and i know what max has done the last two or three years but the allure of justin thomas especially on a ball strikers course where putting seems to not be as important as some other courses that that makes me feel even more confident um what about Tom Kim um, at this course? Um, Twenty-eight to one, uh, ridiculously good wedge player, short game putter, all that. Of course, not long off the tee, but um, we've seen Webb Simpson here win, win pretty recently. Shez Ravi's done well here, not not long guys. So maybe distance is not necessarily the most critical factor. Do you like Tom Kim this week? Yes, I do. He was another guy. I didn't realize he was in that bucket that we were talking about. Um, Twenty-eight to one, I think, is a good number too. I don't, I don't think it's it's great, but it's not. It, it wouldn't deter me away from betting him. I mean, we re- we remember the Presidents Cup and with the crowds and how he just fed off of that. Um, you know, with him being a young guy, he's either going to be he's going to have those manic levels where he's you know like he was. Um, I think at the Sony Open where he was you know, hating the world and everything like that and kind of, you know, dragging his feet all around the place and everything. But if his golf game's there, he's going to feed off that crowd. And, I, and you know, great iron player, great wedge player, you you don't have to be long. I mean, the golf course is 7,200 yards part of 71, but nobody, there's not been places, uh, players that have had issues, you know, winning here because the short hitters have had, had some success there at, at that. And I think Tom Kim is a is a real good sneaky good play there 
that I think he's he and he's got the win equity to do it. And he's gonna pop, I think, this spring at some point, you know, before the summer hits. Um, he's gonna he's gonna win one. And and I think this is one that uh one that he's got a chance at. And um haven't bet him yet because I don't know what his best number's at, but uh I don't mind him anything twenty-five and and higher as a chance to win this. Um are you gonna be on him this week? I can I can see that I don't I don't think I'm going to pick him to win I I'd like to see what his top ten number ends up or if, if it's a top twenty at, at plus odds I haven't I haven't looked that far but I got to tell you where I really love him is the players I think the players is oh yeah an insane setup for him um, yeah. and I, it makes me almost want to go look at what the futures are on the players at multiple books and just and get them while I'm while I'm feeling that good about it. Uh, that's where I really prefer him in the spring, but I, I agree. It feels like there's going to be a pop moment for him. Not that he's already he already hasn't made it, but to get a a, a, a big like a big dick win, um, I feel like is it feels like it could be on the horizon for Tom Kim. Um, Cam Young at thirty, I, I I saw him at thirty five today. I liked him better there. I, I in some aspects, I'm like maybe he's this year Scheffler where he's he's overdue. He gets it done, but I don't know. I don't know fatigue coming back from um, the Saudi events last week where we finished runner up. I don't, I don't know how that's going to affect them. And I, I don't even know if that really affects these guys anymore. I really don't know with travel, but it doesn't sound good on paper to me to, to want to put them uh, put money on them at 30 to one when there's other guys around them that you can make a better case. For. I, 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 yeah, I'm worried about the, the, the travel and I mean, he still hasn't won yet. And I know, you know, he almost won a essentially elevated event last year at Riv, but uh, you know, I think we've seen just, we've seen good play, but not that great play that once he get got started at, at Riviera last year and continued it through the, you know, through the PGA championship into the summer. Um, it felt like it's been a little bit, I don't want to say leveled off, but there's not been that, that, you know, sometimes you can kind of tell when a guy's about ready to, 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 to peak his game. And there's just, there's a lot of uncertainties. I think he's pretty fairly priced. I I don't even think I'd I'd get on him at 30 to one and, and with him traveling halfway around the world to play in the event, I don't think that's a huge deal, but it's just, uh, it's just one that, I don't think he. I don't think he's ready yet to, or I'm ready yet to, to pull the trigger on him. I got to see a little bit more as far as uh, seventy-two hole event. Scotty, I, I want to come back to him and then we can move on to the next group. Um, Fourteen to one. I, I kind of feel like he's falling into a bit of the forgotten man conversation when he's playing really well this year. I mean, the, since the new season started, third at Mayakoba, ninth at Houston, seventh at Century, eleventh at Amex. The ball striking is just fine. It's the putting uh, that that hot fire putter that that started at this event last year through the Masters. Um, in some aspects, I think, you know, he's, he's got the course history here. His ball striking's fine. Can, can he pick up the putter? I don't know, but 14 to one's probably a little bit low. I think it's a little bit low because yeah, because there, you know, there is the uncertainty with him making, making the putts that he was making, you know, starting one year ago. And that's, that was it. That was the thing is he was just, he he made so many putts that he had no chance at making uh even months prior and 
what's what's good though is is that the the ball striking seems to still be there and and the finishes are, are there it's just it's just that spark and I, I i've said it about him a lot i don't usually bet him because of the putting and because of that concern and i just don't see it as you know as it being the same as what was going to happen last year now again we've talked about how you know this golf course seems to bring out players who play well consistently you know he's he's obviously got you know being the defending champion he's got some good thoughts here so you know maybe that's a that's a a start for him that triggers some some consistent putting and and some clutch putts and everything i won't bet him at 14 it would have to be something closer to to what the jt number is at 20 to 1 but do i expect him to finish top 20 this week yes i do i i mean i really do i think I, I think he'll ball strike his way around the golf course, and and uh, you know we'll see a good finish. But w- winning wise, I, I, even when he was winning all all those events, I still never. I don't think I was ever comfortable with him having a good putting putting Sunday and winning these events. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I agree. I agree. I'm with you on on pretty much everything you said. Uh, moving on to the next range, uh, Fitzpatrick and Spieth at 35, St. Burns at 45, the Gala at 45, Hatton at 50, uh, and then Fowler, Taylor Montgomery at 55, Jason Bates at 60. Small group. Um, there's a couple value plays and a couple guys that are overvalued. Uh, they, they number one, and Fowler. Um, I, I know I, we talked about this, I think, over the weekend that – because Fowler's number was around 90 before he had the good week at Torrey. Uh, would have been a good time to get him, but at this point, I don't think he's going to be good Burns and Tagala, I, I know you're on him. Make your case. Yeah, I already, I already bet both of them. Uh, Tagala just, he seems to be around it. He makes the cut and, and seems to be in that top 10 or top 20. Now it's almost a weekly thing. Um, it's just you know you don't you don't think about him on Wednesday. You don't think about him on Tuesday. You generally don't even think about him on Thursday or Friday. And then you're like looking on the weekend, and then they flash a page, the second page of the leaderboard on TV, and he's like he's there. And it's like wait a minute, what? I mean, he's getting more and more used to the PGA Tour life. He's now seen these golf courses. He played great. For 70 holes last year, great golf for 70 holes, and um, you know ended up obviously with the 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 train wreck on on 17, unfortunately. But you know, I I bet him to win. Um, I might actually throw in a top top 10 or top 20 bet as well because this field's better than the one that was last year. So you know there might be a little bit of regression there, but he he's just he's a he's a really good player so i i'm in on him and sam burns he actually opened it i think 56 to one and i kind of thought that was disrespectful i mean i know he's not i know he's an east coast type bermuda greens guy good putter you know and we you you've you know you especially have talked about how great of a player is i mean but he was one of the hotter players last summer and everything so he had some pretty solid finishes um i think he did he play well in one of the Hawaii events? Um, maybe it was, it was the the century. He was eleventh eleventh um, at Amex. Amex, that's what it was. Okay, Amex was. So I mean, there's some good golf. There's there's some good there's some good playing. You know, top fifteen finish. 
I, I think that number is pretty high. And like I said, I only threw a little bit on him to, to win it, but he's a guy though, I think can, uh, um, um, could, you know, could play pretty well here. And hit, if he's hitting his irons, well, like, like we said, you know, it's a, it's an approach shot glory. And he's, he's one of the better putters in the field, uh, you know, in relation to his, you know, to his ball striking. So I like him as well. And, and Fowler, I'm not going to, I wouldn't bet him to win, but I, I don't hate him one bit. Looking at him in matchups, um, you know, seeing who, who he's matched up against, um, you know, you could look at him in a top 20 or top 30 or something like that. Cause I think he's, this is going to be a resurgence for him. I, I, you know, he's, he's working on his golf swing, you know, and, and, and everything. And, and it's just a matter of getting that consistent for, for four straight days. The, the, the fact that you're, you're so high on the gala and you're so convincing is normally you don't, you don't throw around a ton of win bets that are over 30 or 40 to one. And uh, the fact that you're, you're so strong on him, maybe you're, it's making me feel like I'm going to have to kind of follow suit with that. Uh, Burns' finishes haven't been great since the middle of the summer, but I think we know his upside. Um, he can make a lot of birdies and bunches. I, you know, I don't know what's, what's been the issue statistically. I haven't, I haven't dove, uh, dove into that, why he's been a little bit off, but I think, I think over 50 is disrespectful. Sure. Um, I, I by the way, Fitzpatrick and Speed at 35, those are both just – I think both are overvalued a little bit. Speed has not been really close um, outside of that first round of Sony. I think 35 to 1 is way too high for him. Um, so I, 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 I agree with you on this range as well. It's not like a broken record where Burns the Gala would be the two that I would, I would potentially invest in. Taylor Montgomery, of course – Arguably one of the hottest players in the world. You you could call it a bargain at fifty five, but I don't really think I, I'm I'm ready for him in, in this type of field to compete and win. Um, I I would I would prefer a, a lesser field, um, maybe one of the the middle tier events. Uh, not not this week though. Um, over sixty, I, I won't. I'm not going to go in depth with names, but you know we talked about that the likelihood of this event being won from, from the top is strong. Um, so I, I can't see myself betting a ton of these guys for anything other than top 10s, top 20s. I will probably put my token Aaron Wise win bet out there, though, at 80. Um, I saw him on FanDuel at 85 today. Um, so I probably will do that. But other than that, uh, the only other guy that interested me was Lucas Herbert. Um, he's at 90, but uh, the plus 750 for a top 10. I really liked him. He's been playing excellent golf um, over on the DP World Tour. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna win bet any of these guys because, like we had said, that uh, they were they were. Um, uh, I don't see I don't see a winner out of here. But you know, matchups, top whatever, top 20s, top 10s, whatever you like to play. Um, yeah, Wise is a good choice. Shane Lowry, I. He hasn't. He's been a little bit off here here lately, but he's he's good enough, and he's he's a you know eighty to one. That's 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 pretty wild to me. That's actually for for a guy who won a major championship just a couple of years ago. Um, you know, he's not a long. He doesn't hit it overly long. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing about Shane Lowry, I'm going to miss though. I think he just fired his caddy, which is like his doppelganger in like 
yeah. 20 years. I mean, they're, they're just like the twins there. But uh, like his dad. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, hmm. they uh, they finally finally it's had split up there. So that, that goes and everything. But uh, again, I, I don't know I'm necessarily about a win. Billy Horschel. Um, I hate to have to pick that dude for anything, but whatever. Um, you look at him in a, in a, in a matchup. I mean, he, I think he'll like this. And I don't know how how he's played in this event before. If he's played in this one that much, I know he normally he play doesn't play in a lot of the fall or the I'm sorry the California or the West Coast events, and because he's a Florida man, so he's got to play. You know that that's where he does his work at. But I think that type of atmosphere with this this good of a field, you could see a guy like him. You know, grinding out playing playing really really tough, but. Uh, other than that, I I didn't love any of those in this range beyond that. Okay, I, I lied. I, I kind of went through it again, and I do, do like two names uh, in some capacity. Paige Lee at a hundred to one. He finished runner up here two years ago, and he's the, the first round lead. That guy, first round leader, TPC Slayer, KLH Lee. Um, I yeah, I like him. I think he's really good. I think he's a really yeah. good player. I think he's under. Yeah, he is. No, but seriously, yeah, yeah. TPC Slayer. Stop. Pause this right now. Write down KH Lee, first round lead. Um, he'll have a great number too. Let's see what that is right now on Fandle. 80 to 1, first round leader. Um, yeah. yeah, price that out in other books just in case. And then um going going pretty far down here, Davis Thompson at 250. Um just recently he almost beat John Rahm. Uh um, at the Amex, I mean, he played really good golf. He was right there until the 72nd hole. He's down there with the uh, uh, Cameron Champs of the world, Davis Riley, who aren't playing great. I think you can get some value on Davis Thompson's. Well, 1600 for a top 10, uh, probably about half of that for a top 20. So I, I do like Davis Thompson. Everything he does well, I think, should uh, translate reasonably well this week. That's a good one there. I, I looked at his number and was like, what? But you just never know how he's going to come back from, from that. Just, right. I mean, legit heartbreak. I mean, that was, that was tough. So, but hopefully he does. And, you know, we could see him make the cut and do, and do something there. Um, we had talked about since he's in the field, he's got this number, but man, Webb Simpson. Hmm. No, I'm done. Is he, I'm is done. he appropriately priced or is this? He's appropriately priced, I think. Okay. Yes. So it's not one of those. Those we'll throw we'll throw something on him. I he was so bad last week. He was so bad. I, I mean, yeah. in theory, I mean, Pebble should should suit him, but I don't. I just don't think he's doing anything well, um, and he hasn't been for a while. So I think Webb Simpson's dead to us until we see something. I think we're gonna have to put him on the the, the ceaseless for <laughs> until further notice. There. Um. Yeah. Is there some good names down here for for top twenties though that you would have to uh, that you would have to think twice about? Lee Hodges is a really good iron player. Um, again, is he, is he going to flash? I, it's probably impossible to say, but um, yeah, I, I'm not. I'm probably not going to go past Davis Thompson, and I think this is just one of those events you treat like a major and you um, you stick with the studs for the most part. Yeah, I. I don't really it's hard to find the value down here because like you said, there's just so many good players that are going to occupy making the cut and that top 10 and top 20 that, 
you know, there, there's going to, you know, of these names down here, there might be one or two, but it's like, I don't yes. feel comfortable, you know, picking up. Cause like you said, Lee Hodge is a good iron player. You know, he's a good, he's a good first round lead option as, as well. Um, Johnny Vegas, a good iron player, but hasn't really done much at all. Pretty, pretty uh, benign putter. Um, you know, but it's just like, I, I wouldn't bet really any of those guys for, for anything, even, even at the crazy numbers. Cause it's, it is a good, good, good field. And there's just not many opportunities for these guys to slip in the top 20 or top 40. Yeah. Johnny Vegas feels like such a live guy, doesn't he? Yes. Yes, he does. Yeah. Um, we had to mention live, didn't we? Just had to get one in there. Just felt good. Um, okay. Waste Management Phoenix Open. I think it's going to be awesome. Sunday is it's an awesome sports day. And if you like golf and football, it's it's, it's going to be great. Um, hopefully yeah. we got some sort of uh, duel or trio coming down the stretch of these top guys and we can uh, we can see some, some fireworks heading into uh, the Super Bowl. What's the Super Bowl pick for you since you won't be oh. on for football? Oh my God! Going to ask me what my Super Bowl pick is. Is it the uh, the second Super Bowl for Pat Mahomes, or is uh, Nick Sirianni and Jalen Hurts they going to they going to take this one away from them? Eagles twenty three, hmm. Chiefs twenty four. Oh, you hit, you got me! You got me there. I was you. you I thought you had the <laughs> Eagles winning there for a second. Okay, I couldn't say it at the start. Yeah. No, I just you know I've I've learned in the in the last two to three years of Patrick Mahomes, there's two there's two NFL quarterbacks that I do not fade, and it's Joe Burrow and Pat Mahomes. I just, I can't do it. I mean, I did so the right before the conference championship. You know, they were all all four teams were like plus two fifty to plus. 350 to win the Super Bowl. So I'm like, that's going to be the better bet than than just betting, you know, each one. So I so I actually bet uh Philly because I figured they were going to handle San Francisco. Um, you know, I was like plus 265 or something like that to win the Super Bowl. And I bet I actually did bet the, the Bengals. I thought the Bengals were going to end up beating the Chiefs. So I still have that Eagles bet. So now I've got to decide if I want to truly uh, hedge with that and that with that line being so tight i mean it, it it's tough i i actually have not listened to um to your your podcast from uh from yesterday i'm going to catch that here and i do want to see who you've got uh for these props because i know last year personally i did i did quite well with uh you do with like with like the props like the overall stuff is so hard to bet these lines are so tight and everything and i've got some good bets down but i really did well with like a lot of the 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 the, the individual player bets so that's kind of how i'm going to go with that it's just a bunch of probably high volume on that kind of stuff because it's the last game that we're going to get to bet for eight nine ten months or whatever it is so the if you like the chiefs i i, I think you would like this one i gave it out on the, on the prop show is uh Chiefs to win and both teams score twenty points or more. That's at plus two. Um, that's that's pretty tasty, I think, because it's hard. Not really to see, it's hard not to see this game have some scoring in it. And actually, I think Chiefs to win with both teams scoring thirty 
plus was plus 900. And of course, there's a scenario where this is a shootout. Some Super Bowls start off slow, though, and I, I don't know. I like the, I like the one in the 20s a little bit better. That, I mean, plus two fifty. That's that's a good number on on what what is seemingly pretty attainable there. So yeah, the, that's the great thing about the Super Bowl is there's so many different ways you can you can approach it. And there's so many different ways you can you know you could win money on it. And that's uh, at least I, I got lucky last year that I, I ended up not picking the overall winner of it. I was wrong there, but uh, everything else pretty much hit, which was, which ended up being nice. But like, I like, you know, the Eagles are always a, a, a start first team, but it's like, yes. do, do is Kansas City going to want to do that? I mean, it's, I think it's going to be just a good game. I just hope Hertz is, is healthier than what I think he is with that shoulder, because this could go, this could be the makings of, if he gets tackled wrong or or something like that, and then you got to bring in whomever that backup is. Was it Minshew? Well, Minshew's okay, but but it's over at that point. So it should be fun. It's going to be a great weekend though, because we're going to get Saturday at the waste management is actually the better of the two days to watch. So if you guys you know who are who who love to watch the event or don't watch the event, Saturday is just a wild party. I mean, it it gets kind of cleared out near the end of the day on Sunday because with the Super Bowl being in town and then everybody's going to their Super Bowl parties, they pre pre game but at the waste management. But really underrated weekend though of of sports viewing. So I'm looking forward to that. Who who would have thought? Who would have thought that? A meaningless run by Jalen Hurts against the Chicago Bears in the fourth quarter when they were up ten would have an effect on the Super Bowl. But that's that's what happened. He hurt his shoulder when they were had that game well in hand uh, against the Bears and could have could have affected the outcome of the Super Bowl. I hope he's healthy. I hope Mahomes is healthy. I want to see those guys at full strength. Um, It's just more fun when you can see a team truly in full flight and. Um, I haven't given my pick out yet. I'm going to save that for later in the week. Uh, I have a feeling where I'm headed. Um, all right, Johnny, uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open. We got through it, and uh should be a good one. Thanks for joining. All right, thanks. We'll get a winner this week. Uh, what am I going to say here? One more show for the week with uh, Zach Fitzgerald talking about Super Bowl 57 uh, legacies, storylines, what's on the line here for this one. Uh, that'll be fun to talk about with Zach. Uh, thanks for listening. As always, catch us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Catch you next time. <laughs>